How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boy, Alex. So today I want to talk about a right tackle that I think would be a good fit for the Giants. I know we've discussed him in the in the most recent past, but I wanted to kind of hammer this home because I do believe that it makes a lot of sense uh, for this Giants team. Now, obviously, if you look at the Giants' financial situation, they have about $22 million to spend. However, they can open up a pretty decent chunk of change um, by cutting some players. I do think that the, the two guys that stand out to me the most, Darren Waller, um, can save you about $6.7 million. And then the obvious one is Mark Lewinsky, who is pretty much a goner. Um, if they did keep him, they would have a $7.2 million cap hit uh, with him on the team. And then obviously, if they let him go, $5.7 million saved. So I think we can say sayonara to my man, Mark Glowinski. Uh, but with that being said, what can you do with that $5.7 million? Now, the Giants, if you remember and recall, they brought in Carmen Bricillo to take over the offensive uh, kind of the offensive line coaching job. And, you know, obviously Bobby Johnson now departs. Bricillo has some really good success. Now, if you don't remember what I said a couple weeks ago when we first got him, in 2022, the Raiders had the number one running game in football with Josh Jacobs. He led the league in yards. Last year wasn't as good. Obviously, Josh Jacobs had some injury problems. Um, you know, wasn't the best unit. But I will say this. Their pass protection ranked above average in the top 10 this past season. Um, and keep in mind, that offensive line was bad from a talent perspective. You know, they had Greg Van Roten playing guard. And, and I've said that name many times, so is Anthony. And Greg Van Roten, guys, was with the Jets before that. And I asked a couple of my Jets fan friends, and they were like, that guy sucks. Like, he is actual garbage. But he played well last year in Bracillo's system. So clearly, they managed to get the most out of players that otherwise were not very good elsewhere. And that's really what you want to hear. If you can, if we can get a coach that makes bad players good in a specific system or because they know how to maximize strengths or maximize a, you know their fit and their style – that is exactly what we want. Bracillo seemingly has that quality. So we're hoping he can develop Evan Neal. We know that report came out from Connor Hughes of SNY saying that right now Evan Neal is the right tackle, but the Giants want to bring in competition, and they will. So that leads me to the player I want to discuss, Jermaine Illuminor. Now, guys, Jermaine Illuminor, coming from the Raiders, has had two very solid seasons under Bracillo's leadership, right? But this past season, he took it up to another gear. He played really, really well. Um, you know, this this is a player, 29-year-old veteran, um, over the cap has him at about a $7.5 million valuation uh, per season. So I estimate if the Giants want to go in that direction, you could give him a three-year $21 million deal, maybe maybe three-year $25 million deal out after the second season and about 50% of the deal guaranteed. So what does that mean for us? Well, it means you have a guy who can play right tackle. He's a solid run blocker, solid pass protector. He is head and shoulders better than Evan Neal objectively, which now allows you to have some other options with Evan Neal. Because now we know Evan Neal called a sheep. We know he thinks he's good. We know that he wants to be a tackle because that's where the, the big bucks are. But the truth is simple. You have to earn these jobs just because you're an eighth overall pick, just because you've given you've been given a chance to start two years in a row. And the Giants have consistently said, we're not handing out starting jobs anymore. I think it's time we actually hold that true. I think it's time that we actually force Evan Neal to win that job against a player who has more experience and, you know, by most accounts is just better um, in the NFL. So that being said, Jermaine Illuminor bringing him in. It's a good it's a good opportunity, it's a good option because of a couple different variables, right? One, Jermaine Illuminar has experience playing left tackle and right tackle. So worst case scenario, he can be a very good swing option. And if Andrew Thomas were to miss any time, which he has in the past, 
Jermaine Illuminor could play left tackle and Evan Neal could kick back out to the right side. So it's not the worst option in the world. I still think we should bring back Tyree Phillips. I don't want him starting, but I do like him as a really solid depth piece. We saw he played some decent games, um, a little bit better of a pass protector than a run blocker, but you know he's a, he's a valuable asset because we consistently have injuries and we need good depth, and Tyree Phillips is good depth. So I like Illuminor because he has that versatility to help you at multiple spots, two really important ones on the offensive line, and it forces Evan Neal to win that job outright. You know, I don't think that he's going to beat out Jermaine Illuminor because Illuminor knows Bracillo's system. He knows the scheme he runs, and I think that gives him a very big competitive advantage. Um, and the Giants need talent. They need guys. And look, the thing I like them even more than the fact that he's a good fit is that he's a cost-efficient acquisition. You're not going to have to give out a Nate Solder type deal to Jermaine Illuminor. You're going to get him for like $8 million per season because the market's going to be a little bit more pressed because there's not that many tackle options. You're going to have to pay him a little bit more. It's possible the Giants could go up to like uh, three years, $30 million, so $10 million per season. Uh, maybe that's around the range where he gets because of the demand. But I'm willing to pay that, guys. Like, I imagine you guys are too. You roll that $5.6 million from Mark Lewinsky's contract right over to a Jermaine Illuminor that covers more than 50% of it for the 2024 season. And if the Giants are keen on getting out of Daniel Jones' contract, they can have a lot more money um, in the future as well. They can also restructure the contracts of Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence to open up like over $20 million. Of course, you don't want to have to do that unless absolutely necessary. But the expectation is the Giants are going to have to do that at some point. You would just hope that they would have to do it like in 2025 and not right after they sign the contracts. Um, because then, you know, you can't open that money up for the future. You have to actually do it now because you need the money now because of Daniel Jones' contract. It's a lot of moving parts here. But Illuminor makes a lot of sense because he is more cost efficient. He has experience in this system. And we need support at right tackle. We need a guy who's going to compete and probably win that job. Now, Evan Neal... Yes, he doesn't want to move out of tackle. He wants to keep going there. But now he is headed toward the, the narrative of, is he injury prone, right? He's headed toward being injury prone. Two ankle injuries this past season, MCL injury in his rookie year. He had surgery on that left ankle. It was a right, one of those ankles at the end of the season. Um, can he even be trusted? I think that because of his size, because of his mass, He's a lot better to anchor down inside. Um, I think they need to start cross-training him at guard because the truth is simple. He's a big dude, and he's hard to move. He doesn't have the athletic profile, or rather he did at Alabama. I don't know what happened since then, but he doesn't have the flexibility, speed, and reaction timing to effectively quell pass rush, like speed rushers with good bend on the outside. He's eaten alive by guys that are fast and quick and twitchy. Um, you know, he just cannot react fast enough. He can't get into his kick step fast enough. He can't get back there fast enough. Um, and the truth is, there, if you're running stunts against him, he's just he just does not see it coming. He is really struggles. He had a couple of okay performances, but more often than not, he was a major liability. And how do you, you know, kind of shield him from being a major liability? You hide him from speed rushers, and how do you do that? You push him inside to guard, where he is not going to be beat by speed, but by brute force and strength. Imagine Dexter Lawrence. You know, he uses that brute strength, that force. He just kind of churns through guys. You can't do that to Evan Neal, right? He is a big, he's a big guy. If you have a big, you know, interior defender who's using just pure power, Evan Neal has the anchor to hold his ground there. Um, the question is, does he have the balance? Um, we've seen many players have like a lack of balance. Josh Azudu, you know, we've seen him many times, um, you know, really solid player in terms of his, his upside and his potential. But I do think that he lacks balance. And sometimes he lacks that chemistry between his feet and his hands. 
really quick feet, but sometimes he fails to anchor in pass protection. So I do think that Evan Neal would be better as an anchor in like left or right guard position and then get a guy like Jermaine Illuminor who knows the system, a little bit more athletic, a little bit more reactionary um, from a flexible standpoint and getting into his kick step a little bit faster. Uh, so I like this option for the Giants. I think it makes a lot of sense. There are other options. I know a lot of people will throw out like Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu in the draft. But here's my take. I don't think that allocating three top 10 first-round picks in four years to the offensive line is good business. I think it's poor roster construction because what does that tell you? If you're allocating four or three first-round picks in the top 10 at the same position in four years, it means you're not developing your talent properly. That's a coaching issue, not a drafting or talent issue. That is a coaching issue. So, you know, I point to that as my primary logic behind my opinion. With that being said, we need to take a blue chip prospect at 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 six, right? Whether that be Malik Neighbors, Romeo Dunze, whether it be Brock Bowers, we need a blue chip prospect or move up to get a quarterback. There are options here. I don't think drafting another offensive lineman is a good one because we need support at receiver. We need uh, potentially a quarterback, um, and we can get a decent free agent that knows our system with experience in free agency. I think that's where we have to go when it comes to reinforcing that offensive line. However, second round pick, we have two of them. I am totally fine drafting a guard in the second round or even the third round if the Giants find a guy that they, they like that's slipping, someone with upside, a guy that Pachillo can actually develop. Go take a guy. I think it's a good equation to draft offensive linemen every single year, whether it's the third or fourth round. Always draft an offensive lineman with upside. I think it's traditionally um, a, a move in the right direction. So for the Giants... Love this option for them and then Luminor in free agency. Doesn't mean they shouldn't use draft capital. I just don't think using a top 10 pick on it, another offensive lineman, it's good business. I think it, it showcases the poor coaching there and not the poor talent acquisition. Evan Neal has been a bust up to this point, but maybe he can revitalize his career at guard because we saw Eric Flowers do it. The Giants need to be proactive, maximizing strengths. Evan Neal's biggest weakness, reaction timing, speed rushers. He can't react fast enough. He can't get into his kicks up fast enough. I think you have to utilize that brute force, that brute strength of his in the interior where he can hold back bigger interior linemen, and that's where we're going to get the most value from him. So, guys, always happy to hear your perspectives down below in the YouTube comments section. Make sure to like and subscribe as always, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode.